Today on the show, strategy plus action equals knowing what to change when nothing is working. Great coaches and consultants like you have the ability to change people's lives and transform entire organizations. And your impact can often go far beyond the clients you work with. One of the reasons I love working with coaches and consultants is because of that ripple effect. This show is here to highlight your expertise and empower you with resources and new ideas to grow your business. Welcome to Strategy in Action. Chris Felton is on the show today, and we have a fantastic conversation around being at this place in life, in a relationship, in our business, where we finally accept the fact that what we've been doing isn't working. You know, we've been the eternal optimist in these areas and you know tomorrow's going to be better and if i just put more effort into this that's going to be the key and yet it still doesn't work nothing really changes at the end of the day chris is a seven-figure entrepreneur a best-selling author speaks on stages runs workshops coaches people and he really lets us in on the fact that all of that only came after some of the darkest times of of his life and walks us through uh, what those were and and how those manifested and the amazing moment of clarity and decision that happened between him and his wife that led him in a completely different direction in life to really do what we're talking about here and and finally accepting, accepting what is, what the situation is, and that I don't have the tools right now to fix it, to, to make something different at the end. So how do I do that? Right. And he walks us through that, that process of how he did it he and his wife together did it and how he helps his clients do it and how he's helping people through that process with his book, Think and Grow You. So whether you're in the middle of that kind of season right now of trying to to figure out, okay, what really needs to happen here? Or maybe you lead an organization and you know this message could benefit so many of your folks then I encourage you to listen to this this full episode. You're, you're going to love it. Let's jump in. Chris Felton, welcome to the show. Jason the Great, it's awesome to be here with you, buddy. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. I, I appreciate that. And, and you know, you are contractually bound to continue to say Jason, yeah, you know, it. throughout the... I got it. Just so you know. I'm, I'm here. Signed. I'm here for so. you. I'm here for you. <laughs> I appreciate you being on. This is yeah. this is a blast. I I, I really want to dig into this the, this meaty topic here. Um, I think for a lot of reasons, personal um, people I know going through <laughs> through this and everything. Um, and and I, I want to dig into this this concept of of change. Not only how it's absolutely you know critical if we want to get to that next goal, that next level, um, and so. Yeah, you better embrace that, but but really getting into some of the hows, you know, that you help people with, whether speaking on stage, in person, helping them, your book, all of that fun stuff. But I, I want to give people some some geography here and and know about the the expert that we're talking to today in this whole 
whole world. So give us give us just a, a bit of background as we've um, gotten to this point. Yeah, I'm a Colorado native, grew up in uh, Loveland, uh, about 60 miles north of Denver, Colorado State grad. I'm 51. I moved to Denver in 1993 and I did the corporate CPA thing for seven years and got sick of, uh, got sick of having a boss and then launched, uh, financial services, entrepreneurial business. I've been a part of for the last 24 years and have opened offices and helped, you know, tens of thousands of people on the, the money side. And, and, um, and really what kind of led us, you know, to here, um, was, you know, here I am a CPN and a financial advisor, but I was broke as a joke and had gone through a very expensive, painful divorce. My, uh, ex-wife picked up and took my, you know, at that point, three-year-old and one-month-old and uh, moved to the other side of the country. And, uh, you know, and then I pretty much laid down in the divorce <laughs> because I felt so guilty. And uh, in fact, my attorney, had I had to sign a waiver <laughs> from my divorce attorney <laughs> because she's like, you're kind of a dumbass. Like, you don't listen to anything I tell you to do. Cause you're afraid of your ex-wife <laughs> and, uh, anyway, anyway, pretty funny. Um, now it's funny. Um, but I mean, I, I did, I had to pay her for half my business. So no, only way I was going to do it, Jason was I, I took out credit card checks and credit card loans and I accumulated $250,000 of credit card debt. And, um, I'm an entrepreneur. I sign a stupid office lease that I can't afford. And then my uh, second and last wife, Marlo, walks into the picture because she just could not resist this big pile of hotness here. And uh, and uh, she walks. Completely. Completely. Yeah. Jason could barely stop staring at me. And I haven't uh, heard a word you said this whole time. I just... <laughs> <laughs> oh dude i wish i had your hair anyway um but she uh i mean i was i was winning awards i was putting on a pretty good show i'm a decent speaker so she thought she was walking into you know success at at the next level but she walked into a total crap show of me financially and i hid it from her for a good you know 18 months and then got the intuition to give her the reins on the money, the best financial decision ever made. And so she, so she's trying to figure this out. She can't believe that a CPA and a financial advisor could be this bad financially. And it all came to head one night because, you know, by court order, I have to pay my ex-wife $5,200 at the beginning of every month, alimony and child support, 2008. And I'm out of money. I can't borrow anymore. I have no more lines of credit. I can't tap my credit cards out anymore. And for many reasons, my business wasn't doing well. And so now we're in a rented house. We don't own a house anymore. And I come home and I have to convince my wife to give me the money to pay my ex-wife. Not sure. And this is when everybody leaves your show because now they're like, why would you have this guy on? He can't be that freaking smart. And uh, anyway, so my Especially wife- if we just ended it there and just like, <laughs> great story. Go buy his book. Yeah, this is awesome. His book. It'll tell you how he got I want. 
I want that. Yeah. How we, <laughs> how we got out of it. But, but, you know, my wife's five foot one. I call it volcanic Marlowe. It's not a very pretty sight. And she loses her stuff and throws her purse at me, which, you know, a woman's pissed off if she throws her purse and, you know, 30 years of stuff that somehow accumulates in a purse went spilling all over our, our house. And she picked it up and threw it again and picked it up and threw it again. And we just, we had the fight of our, fight of our lives. And, you know, she was frustrated, man. And I said, well, if it's so bad, why are you still here? Why are you still with me? And total silence. And she goes upstairs to ponder, should I stay or should I go? And there it was, man, my, my turning point in my life. And I could just literally see the dominoes of all my failures fall. I'm like, my ex-wife never had a chance. I was going to self-sabotage that no matter what. The finances, um, about ready to ruin my dream relationship debt. My kids are small. I hadn't seen them in months because I didn't have money to go see them because I'm in Colorado. They're in Atlanta. And, you know, I'm drinking and I'm just, a, I'm a disaster. My health's a mess. And then that's where I realized, man, wherever I've had a problem, I've always been there. And the common yeah. theme of all the issues was this guy. And that's when literally the first time in my life, Jason, it was no one else's fault anymore. It was me. And I took 100% responsibility and I said, I got to change. And the first thing I got to do is I got to humble down. I got to quit thinking that I know the best way, because as my coach used to say, and I used to hate it when he'd say this, he'd say, based on results, how is your way working, dude? And it wasn't working very well. And so, so I, I just, I said that to myself and then, you know, to my wife's credit and her, you know, moment of intense frustration, she decided to focus on what she loved about me. And, um, you know, we, uh, we came together the next day and she said, we're not declaring divorce, uh, or we're not declaring bankruptcy. We're not getting divorced. We're not getting jobs. Um, we're going to figure it out. And she said, and I got an idea because we had access to wealthy mentors that that was a, a saving grace for us. But she said, I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going to fly around. I'm going to interview them. I'm going to figure out what they do and what they think and, and what we can do. And then she kind of looked at me and she's like, what the hell are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to figure out how this keeps creating, how my mindset keeps creating this disaster. And I just told her, I'm like, I am all in. Like an Olympic athlete is with their sport. I am not interested. I'm committed. I'm not interested in changing. I'm committed to changing. And I'm all in. And and so I was you know, up at 4 in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, you know, had a killer routine and you know reading and visualizing and imaging and using different technologies if you would have told me stand on my head i would have done it i mean i was i was all in jason and one of my uh, favorite quotes from mel robbins is uh, it doesn't happen overnight but it happens over time and uh, the compounding of those early mornings and figuring out you know how i was broke knowing what i know um you know, we do, we just had a jaw dropping financial transformation and turned it all around and took our income up five times and eliminated that debt, saved a ton of some money and got financially free. And so we wrote a book called couples money as a result of that, um, almost 12 years ago. And, and, uh, but, but anyway, but that's, that's kind of like gets us to the point where we want to talk about, you know, growth and change. And, um, that's yeah. what, uh, led to, uh, to where I am today. That's so powerful. I, I appreciate you sharing that because that is, 
you know, we can relate to those elements a lot, however degree, you know, <laughs> in that. And it, it's so fascinating. It, if you don't mind, I'd love to stay in that, that moment a little bit of time, decision, when it, when that realization does finally hit that I'm the problem, <laughs> you know, there's no more pointing out to anything else. And also recognize, because I think it's a fascinating thing that we do to ourselves is we can, we can have stuff go wrong so many times and we still keep fooling ourselves into now this is, this one's going to be different. This is going to be different. And I guess maybe it's, it's, it's the, it's the negative side of optimism, right? But it's still, to me, it's still better than like all hope is lost. There's nothing I can do. And you sit in a corner. Of course, it's better than that. But so many of us as entrepreneurs, especially are, are well, I, I, cause I know what to do. Cause you touched on it in your description that I know what to do. Just like you talked about you've got the financial strategy, you know what your clients are supposed to be doing with their wealth, but you're not doing it. Like, you know here, but what is that that keeps us from really changing, from going a a different direction? And I'd love your thoughts on that in that moment, both that you were going through, but also that you you see folks in all of the time, (laughs) you know, taking, trying to take that same approach and in their mind, it's different in their mind. Okay. But this time, this time, but ultimately they're just doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite quotes is optimism and delusion sleep in the same bed together. And, and it's, it's, uh, you know, a, a, a world-class thinker operates from what's called objective reality. And objective reality is the capacity to look at your results and not beat yourself up and not be delusional. And and it's just it's it's human. We we just delude ourselves. And and the middle class and the masses, they don't want to feel bad about themselves, Jason. So I don't want to look at my my dirty laundry. I don't want to look at my stuff because that's gonna make me feel bad. And but if you don't look at it. It gets worse, and that was me, because my wife was like, "Hey, uh, dumbass, we're uh, we got debt, and we got yeah, 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 yeah but honey, I got this, I got this new client, and I, you know, don't look over here, look, look over here. Like I was trying to get her to look over here, and I was calling her negative Nelly, and no man, she had a rela- she had had an actual relationship to results, and and my coach said, you know, when I when I hired him for four and a half years. And he taught me a lot of stuff and I cover it in my book, but he's like, dude, you have like no relationship to results, right? You're, you're living on hopium. And, <laughs> right? And, ho- and hopium is I'm hoping the outside world changes while I fiercely insist on remaining the same. And so you got to have a relationship to results. The only way I had any semblance of success, Jason, was I just overrode that delusion with 80, 90 hour weeks, just a killer work ethic. But it's the equivalent of running a marathon with a 20 pound bowling ball. It was just, it was unnecessary. So, so being in delusion, being in hoping, cause I didn't want to feel bad about myself, but it just kept getting worse. And then I had to, I had to face the music, man. I had to look at 
my actual results. I had to own it. But from an objective reality standpoint, meaning I'm going to own my results, but I'm not going to make myself feel bad about it. I'm not going to feel guilt. I'm going to give myself grace. People don't do that. Um, and because I can't change if I'm in a continuous mode of what's called resistance and resistance is what is shouldn't be happening. We just, you know, we ended three years of that <laughs> right with the pandemic. Like you're this right. should not be happening. And when you're in that, this should not be happening mode. You have no opportunity to shift and you just keep repeating more of the same. You just said that, right? Definition of insanity, like nothing changes. And so what my coach taught me, and it's very powerful, is you got to get to a place of acceptance. And, and I didn't get that until he said, you don't need to love it, bud, but you have to stop hating it. And so when my wife, right, and we went through it, I mean, in the pandemic, I mean, there was, there was, I mean, and it was horrible and I'm not like making light of all the, I mean, it's just horrific what happened, but you know, the majority of that was outside my control. Right. And we had, you know, I had a few bad days. I'm in financial services, markets are down 30%, you know, and I, and I felt it and I'm like, I'm in resistance. Resistance is this shouldn't be happening. Why is this happening? This shouldn't. And then finally, it was like, I got to acceptance. I'm like, it is what it is. And then we shifted and had a record 2020 and 2021 and 2022. And so back back to the in the moment, I did want to look at it. I didn't want to feel bad about myself. I had a lot of this should not be happening. Why is this happening? I just kept digging a hole and I just kept repeating. And then finally, when my coach taught me that, my wife lays out the bloody balance sheet. And I look at it, and for the first time, I didn't beat myself up. I forgave myself. I gave myself grace. And I looked at it, and I accepted it. And we got clear on what we wanted. And then I, I looked her in the eye, and I said, we will never be back here again. It's powerful. And it was powerful. And I felt it in my bones when I said it. And uh, I was right. Yeah. Because... I think what's there in in that it, it feels like the house of straw that it is, right? Like that if 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 you look at it and accept it for what it is, it freaking everything comes crumbling down. My my whole world, my world view, my ability as a person, and what I like, everything comes down with that, and and that's where you you have to do exactly what you talked about too, is not the beating yourself up and it's hard not to, and it's hard, but it's so critical to take in, well, thank goodness I'm finally on the right path now. And just that's where the shift into forward thinking and <laughs> optimism, you know, really plays a part as well. What, when you knew there was, when you were in that moment, and you're like, I don't know how we're going to do that. I think the the big thing to, to throw a spotlight on for folks is th the decision alone. You looking in your wife's eyes at the time, like that's, that's everything. That's the energy. Again, from a place of 
I see where we are. I finally let that in rather than just like, hey, this will never happen again. This will never happen again. And you're just doing the same stuff. But when you've done both of those things, that's 90% of it because then you can go figure it out, right? But even after that, that moment, what was that first step forward in this to go like, okay, I got, I got to figure this thing out. What, what do I do? Yeah. I mean, the, the first thing was just getting clear uh, as a couple on what I call a unifying goal. And whether you're single or you're married, it, it it's, uh, and, and, and Jason, you're a personal development. You've probably heard as many personal development talks as I have millions, it seems like. And I sat through many of these talks when I was an entrepreneur and the most successful people are like, you got to know your why. You got to get clear on what you want. You got to, we've heard that a million times. And clarity is one of those things that we hear so much and we're like, yeah, I got to do that. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, you know, squirrel, goes on a list. Then the squirrel comes <laughs> right. up, right? And, and, and I'll get to it tomorrow, right? And, it, and then it falls into this part of our lives. I call it the important non-urgent quadrant of our lives. And there's a lot of stuff that hangs out over there, like our health and our spirituality and our relationships. And, and so we, we deal with urgent stuff and most of it's not important. And most of it includes this weapon of mass distraction here, our cell phones. And, um, and so we never really, really get clear. And I just, I looked at my wife, like, what do you want? She said, well, uh, what would make me feel good? Because the physical, the, the, the financial stress, Jason was physically making her ill. Like it was manifesting in all sorts of physical ailments because it was bad. And she said, I want a hundred thousand saved. And then after I gulped, because we were at zero, we we're at negative two fifty, right, two hundred fifty thousand, right. Um, and and I'm a you know I call myself a recovered CPA, and all my goal setting is oh how left brain, you know what's the strategy that I'm going to use and all that, and for whatever reason that was creating broke, because I had lots of spreadsheets, but I wasn't getting shit done. And, and so this time, because I, you know, because I I had tons of phenomenal mentoring, I started pulling on it and I said, all right, let's do this differently. Why do we care? And she said, and Ari, I had a big one. I'm like, I don't want to fight with you around money ever again. Her physical pain was painful for me. I'm a man not delivering. And that's like caveman, cavewoman. Like that's that's just not working. That's inherent in our bones as men. We have to produce. We have to deliver. I was falling short. That was painful. Um, I hadn't seen my kids. They didn't know who dad was. Uh, I mean, so we, so Jason, we spent a good hour coming up with reasons, and that was fuel. And so we had the Ferrari which we knew what to do, but if you don't put the gas in the tank and it was the reasons. So we, you know, so we got clear on a goal. We got clear on the emotional reasons and we kept it front and center. And then her and I had a weekly check-in. Did we move closer? We moved further away. And a single best goal I've ever set in my life is that one. And unbelievable and it created tremendous momentum and then you know anyway but 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 anyway so you're saying hey okay acceptance you know 
what's next? What do you freaking want? And almost nobody can answer that question. Or they him and ha, or they they stammer around. They they lack clarity. It's wild. And yeah, and it's it's yeah, it is hard. Yeah. It is. It's a. It shouldn't be. It should be the easiest question in the world yeah. to answer. Yeah. But it's so, and and I find that like I frustrated with myself when I can't answer <laughs> that question, and it this deliberate like. You know, there's so many layers of allowing yourself to, to even express it to yourself. Yeah, well, and, and it's just part part of it is it just, and, and it happens to me, right? I mean, you know, we all we have a ton of stuff going on, and and when my wife and I are kind of you know bickering a little bit, we're not really clear. We just have to sit our ass down and say, you know, what do we want? And then, like me being unclear. Also, is it's just an excuse because that means I don't really have to step up. I can just be in confusion. Well, I don't know what I want, you know, and a lot of people use that as a cop-out. But yeah. what happens is if I sit down and put my weapon of mass distraction aside with a pad of paper and a pen and I give myself time and I break that initial crust of, wow, you've got so much to do and you know, that initial resistance... Usually about 20 minutes in, man, I break that crust and, and holy crap, magic comes in, right? Because you're connecting and all this stuff flows through you and it's it's unbelievable. So if you don't know what you want, schedule time. Don't reschedule on yourself. Sit, sit down and don't let yourself leave until you figure it out. Yeah, because it's really, it, there is, there's nothing else to do until that's done. And if you're a business owner, if you're in a relationship, like there's nothing else to do. And I've, I've done this with myself in recent times, just, you know, around the, the offer, which is essentially a, you know, the main offer to my business. So that's, that's a why that's a clarity. That's a, you know, like having to slap myself in the face and go like, okay, until that's defined, there's nothing else to do. Everything else is procrastinating and it's all sure you're learning something sure you're networking because that's what's easy and fun but why and everything stems from that clarity so i love that that's a you're you're hammering that home yeah yeah no it's it's it starts there and then it's you know and, and the analogy i give is we get a flat tire and we, you know, when I get a flat tire, I'm like, oh, why has this happened to me? Whose fault is it? Right? Who didn't fix that pothole? Whatever it is. And, and it's always, you know, how much mental gymnastics am I going to put myself through before I get to the place where I actually accept I have a flat tire? Because a flat tire doesn't really care. <laughs> And once, and once you get to the acceptance of, I have a flat tire, and this is a lot of people do it. Like they go through this mental gymnast, gymnastics of resisting what is, and they don't accept that they have a flat tire and then nothing changes. And so once you accept, then it's, what do I want? What's the next thing I need to do? So what did we want? Well, 100,000 saved. We talked about the whys. And then one of our action steps was, you know, we went through the budget and we watched 
where we were blowing money, every dollar, stupid stuff I was spending money on, right? I mean, we, we sat down, we, we, we gave it, you know, we had a game plan around it. Well, flat tire, what do you want? I want to be back on the road. What's the next thing you need to do? Get the jack. And you can go through the process of fixing the flat tire pissed off. Okay. Cause stress is a choice all day long. Stress yep. is optional. Or you can have this calm piece of, I don't love doing this, but I'm not going to make it worse by hating it. And I'm just going to be here in the moment. And the more present I am, the better job I'll do. And the quicker I'll be back on the road. And, you know, and, and that's, that's what we did and continue to do. That's great. Because I, I know for folks too, like I would love to to get your get your thoughts on, on on this when when they're they've been in this mode or they're in it right now and they finally they finally let it in. It's just like okay, I obviously don't know what I'm doing, and you let the house of straw fall or whatever it <laughs> is in that. For for folks that you talk to, how do you guide them through that of their next step? On, on on allowing that yeah i mean it it's um you know the longer i do this and and i, and I got a bunch of entrepreneurs that that i coach it's 100 percent mental man it's it's 100 percent mental we we want to go to the how-tos of things and the how-tos are important but you know i think there's a book brian Clemmer. i haven't thought about this book if how-tos were enough we'd all be rich skinny and happy it's an amazing book Spot on. If how-tos were enough, we'd all be rich, skinny, and happy. I was the master of how-tos. But your thinking creates your results. So for me, it's, it's you know, the, the formula is there's me plus a thought equals a result. So when my coach is like, okay, $250,000 in debt, you're broke. Pretty smart guy. There's you. There's that. And there's your thinking. And so in my book, I, I give lots of exercises to get people to ask the right questions. But he, he said, and one of the things he told me is just powerful. He said, you know, you no longer have a money problem. You have a money project. And we view projects differently than problems. Problems, oh, yeah. problems are like, oh, whoa, it's me. It's, it's, you know, it's my ex-wife. It was the, you know, the recession. It was, you know, all this stuff wasn't me. We play victim. People hate when I say that, but a victim is you're just allowing the outside world to dictate your thinking and your results and problems stay in your life forever. But projects, we get excited about projects. We bring great energy to projects. When obstacles- yeah, projects is something to get through. Yes. To, and when obstacles yeah, hit, which, we, they, which they do, you, you, you plow through on. You, you most often don't finish a project. I mean, you can, but but more, we, we we end up finishing and we see it through to the end. And he, just, dude, he'd give me those little pieces of gold that would reframe my perception. He said, "You got a money project." I'm like, "All right, what's my first, what's my first thing?" He's like, "Get a journal, a green money journal. Your first exercise is write the word money at the top of the page and write down everything you make up about that word, because that's what we do. We tell stories." So 
He's like, stay with it. Another hour. Doing the hardest work on the planet. Thinking. And here I am in my late 30s, actually, for the first time, inventorying my thoughts around something that's as important as money. And it was borrowed from my parents. Dad was broke. Mom was broke. Grandma broke. Grandpa broke. Everybody. And it was making money's hard. Saving money's hard. Rich people are crooks. They make money on the backs of poor people. Money, either, you either have it or you don't. Like, you don't even have a choice. And I sat there, Jason, with it. I'm like, I mean, it was like, there was so much stinking head trash on that paper. I just couldn't even believe it. And I'm like, well, dude, that's why I'm broke. And I just had, I just, I just had these thoughts rolling around in my head, living rent free, unchecked. And then I'm like, I got, I got to write a better, a more empowering story. And I need to affirm it and think on it and image it and, and it was, you know, uh, making and saving big money's easy. Uh, money's, and this is the one that's been the biggest one for me. Money's the scorecard of value that I'm creating. How else do I keep score in my business of the value I create if I'm growing? My money's growing. So I had all these empower, all these empowering things. A lot of these, all these tips are in, in the book, but um, I changed my money story, and you know didn't happen overnight, but it happened over time. Eventually, the internal story started taking root because I was obsessed. <laughs> I wasn't interested. I was committed. I was obsessed to changing my money story because um, the other thing is I connected the prices that others were paying for me being the way I was. Ah, uh, interesting. Too big, man. It was too, there was too much on the line. The prices, um, my back was against the wall. The prices were, were too big. Losing my wife, not seeing my kids, um, losing my business. It, it just, it was too heavy. Um, and so when I connected the price to people I loved, I'm like, dude, you got to change. But, but anyway, but, but back to that. I mean, that's, so point A is if you don't like the result, you probably have some limiting beliefs or a better a better phraseology. I got this from uh, Lisa Nichols. If you know who she is, she it's uh, lies that I tell myself. And uh, I got really in tune with the lies I, I was telling myself. That's great. Uh, yeah. Because that's that's the... And I love that idea of the, the, the problem project reframe because even in the... Even if you're taking a step up from you know, the problem is out there. Even if you take that up and you go like, okay, what am I doing? I'm doing something wrong. There's something, if you still a approach that with, I'm the problem, <laughs> you know, then yes, you can Im improve, but that, I love that powerful reframe of, well, no, this is something I'm doing that I, I don't like the results of. Oh, so that's a project. So, Obviously, there's people in the world who are doing this the right way. <laughs> you know, uh, what can I learn from? You know, how can I how can I approach that? There's a, there's a lot of layers of why, and that, and I I don't know. Like, that's that's the the stuff to read on the weekends, I guess. Is kind of the like why do we get into this place? You know, in the first place, and all of that. Um, and I think those can be interesting things, but. I think those are things to to reflect on later after you get yourself <laughs> moving on a trajectory, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and allowing 
um, number one, like, hey, it just is, right? The flat tire analogy, it just happened. It doesn't matter whose fault. It doesn't matter why we're here. Like, what do we do about the situation now? What can I learn from it? How can, you know, and, and move forward. And that's what I love about your approach with all of this is is standing there and, you know, supporting people in that that moment. I'm just like, you know, yeah, that's fine. Cool. Come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. I know how you feel. Come back. Like this is the, <laughs> this is the moment like we need to deal with right now. And how, how have you seen that shift with your, with your clients? Like, like that's gotta be your favorite moment, right? When you can walk them through similar revelations or, you know, life-changing shifts like that. How has that, how has that come up for, for them? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, you know, the, the title of my book is, you know, Think and Grow You, and the subtitle is How to Get Out of Your Own Way and Level Up Your Life. And, and, and the first pillar of is getting out of your own way. So for me, it's just, it's just shining the light of like, hey, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but like, do you like your results? No. Um, it's on you whether you like it or not, you got to accept it. But then it's, it's shining the light on, you know, these self-sabotaging patterns you have, like worrying, judgment, judgment's public enemy. Number one, judging others, judging ourselves. Um, you know, it's just perfectionism. It's, it's a form of self-sabotage. So, so it's, it's fun watching them get equipped with awareness and it's not about it's not about fixing ourselves we're not broken it, it, it's about understanding the patterns of like oh yeah this is how i screw myself over got it hello old friend yeah uh, it's, it's data right? yeah and you can go from data. judgment to data yeah data yeah everyone's i mean i just had this lady reach out to me say oh my god I'm like, you know, and it's a quote in my book, I'm a miracle and a mess at the same time. Like that hasn't changed, man. I still have messy parts. I'm not a guru. I don't have it all figured out. I haven't arrived. Um, but unlike most, I have some pretty good awareness of my judgment project and my worry project. And, 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 you know, uh, I, I don't matter. I still have an I don't matter project. If somebody doesn't take my advice the way I want them to react or whatever, and then my whole like, oh, you're not good enough. I still have a little bit of that crap. But man, I'm so aware of when it pops up and I know how damaging it is, you know, the longer I go down that path. And so so it's it's awesome for people you know, to watch that and they recognize the patterns. They don't just fall into it anymore. And then they interrupt the pattern. The second pillar in the book is shifting. And they use some of the tools to shift, to have a different thought, to feel a different way, to take a different action, to get a different result. But the the fun part is, is when they're super clear on what they want. I mean, goosebumps on this one. And when you ask them about it, Kind of one of the stories in my book when I got really clear and my coach had been asking me forever about what do you want? And I was like, well, you know, like um, money and things and blur, you know, total <laughs> jackass response to someone that's not clear. And I've gotten a lot of those answers. 
but it's it's fun dude when somebody is like i want this and this is why i want it and this is how i want to feel and like there's conviction and there's no him and ha and there's no stammering and it hasn't happened yet yeah i know this has happened to you it hasn't happened yet but you like feel the conviction you feel the certainty and then like they're going to take the action because they're thinking straight and they're going to see it all the way through and then it's just a freaking blast to watch how it unfolds because you know it's going to happen yeah yeah this shit's fun <laughs> and, oh yeah it never gets old it never gets old it- and think about that, like, like how attractive are those people, right? Like to do business with, to be around, to introduce to other people. Like those are our favorite people, right? Like that we look at and go, oh yeah, I want, I just want to be around. I got to be, you know, and it's, it's because of that clarity. It's because of that con- conviction. And I think we get, I we get part of what keeps us from maybe lining out what we believe in and that purpose and that big clarity is this idea that you know if it's not you know ending world hunger that that's not a worthwhile you know purpose enough like it's got to be this thing it's like no it's just got to be it can be it can be this small in the scheme of things and be insanely powerful because it it changes your world changes the people close to you and then just going. And then the other the other part of that, that I think holds people back is like that idea of that one purpose, that one thing I want to go do. And like, I'm committing to only this for the rest of my life. It's like, well, no, that's the beauty of the best form of clarity is just getting to that next level, that next trick. And then you're going to find something else. And then you're going to want to go after that. And that's the beauty of like you talked about is this is never ending. This isn't you know, to just like fix something. No, this is to get you on the right path in the in the good spiraling, right? You're spiraling up. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you're right. And and clarity only comes from action. I mean, you only get clarity from taking action. And a lot of people try to map it out and overthinking always masks fear, man. It always does. And so you gotta pull up anchor, leave the dock, adjust the sails, and you know, and I, I think I used the quote a few times in the book. There's no happy ending to an unhappy journey, right? And wow, there is. There's no happy ending to an unhappy journey. So the the journey, you know, like I'm in, I'm in like crazy ass book launch mode right now, and I'm doing a ton of these, and I got launch events, I got stuff, and I got a full time you know career and all that, and you know, my sons are 21 and 18 now, unbelievable. Dad, how's it going? Are you stressed? I'm like, stress is a choice. And I'm like, dude, I'm having the time of my life. And uh, it's awesome. Just like talking to you right here. I mean, this is, I'd rather be doing this than playing golf or jacking around or whatever. I mean, this is it. This is right. in the wheelhouse of our purpose and having a rich conversation with another person of like mine, like that's beautiful. But it's, yeah. Yeah, love it, man. Love the journey, right? And when you're operating from from that, then you are going to bless a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Big time. So who's out there that needs Chris Felton? What's, what are they going... What's happening in their life that they're at that point? Like, I, I got to reach out to Chris. I got to... <laughs> and how do they do so? Yeah, uh, my website's uh, chrisfelton.me. 
and so my uh, my my kind of three modes of uh, of the business of what I'm doing is uh, obviously the book, um, and then uh, keynote speaking and uh, workshops. And the book is written in such a way that uh, there's you know 50 different concepts of how I got on how I got on my own way, what I did to do it, and my uh, very self-deprecating personal story behind it of what I did to change. And so anyone that's interested, they can literally say, Hey, Chris, I want you to do a 45 minute to an hour keynote on come in and talk on these five topics or, you know, there's probably seven or eight workshops in that. So, you know, that's, uh, that's the stuff I want to do with it. And, uh, I can do some one-off coaching here and there, but, uh, it's really, uh, it's really all about getting that message out to, uh, people live and zoom or whatever. But yeah, that's chrisfelton.me. Fantastic. So it's an important message to get out big time. And I think it's at the root of so many other things. I think that this concept is similar to what we talked about on, you know, clarity until you have that. What else are you doing? And I think I think what you teach people with the book and in your talks and workshops is exactly that. It's such a foundational piece to anything else that we want to go do and we're trying to accomplish. So I, I'm so glad you're, you're doing that. Appreciate you being on and, and, and sharing all this. this. is fantastic. Jason, you're awesome, man. I've had a total blast with you. So thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Appreciate that. We'll see you all next time. Thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of this show. If you want help creating authority building video content or even a client generating show of your own, go to Media Leads Co dot com and let's connect. I'll talk to you soon on the next strategy and action.